All right, a Thursday edition of The Zone right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Kyle Cole. You're heading up till 2 o'clock. We've got you for the next four hours. A lot of stuff to get into and talk about today. I believe an eclectic show on the docket ahead of us over the next four hours. We will talk some uh, Chiefs football, certainly. We'll talk some Royals baseball. We will get into a little college basketball along the way, college football along the way. A little soccer activity along the way as well, and we'll play some sports or leisure in the 1 o'clock hour. 913-912-4810 is the text line to join us to be a part of the show. 913-912-4810, text line to be a part of the show. We will talk with Matt Lane, KC Sports Network, KC Laboratory Podcast, coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Talk with him about this uh, Chiefs team heading into the offseason. Chris Jones, Legereus Sneed, what wide receivers are out there, maybe the draft. They've already got the pre-order for the uh, KC Sports Network uh, draft guide. The Combine coming up next week. Field Yates talking about the deepest position in the draft is easily and by far the wide receiver position, which is certainly good news for the Chiefs if we're talking about one of those positions of need. They can address it there. We'll see. We'll talk a number of things with uh, Matt Lane coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. Max Reaper, Royals Review, will be our guest coming up at noon. And the Royals get underway tomorrow with actual spring training games. You know, there's spring training games today. What is it, uh, Dodgers-Padres, maybe? I don't know. There's baseball today. And uh, tomorrow the Royals will get underway with their first spring training game. Um And then March 28th, when they open up the season against the Minnesota Twins. But we'll talk with Max Reaper about his thoughts on this team heading into some spring training games, where the optimism lies, where some of the questions might be. He's got his early pre-spring training game 26-man projection at Royals Review. We'll talk a little bit about that and why he feels certain ways about certain players and uh, what this uh, season may be. Max Reaper will be our guest from Royals Review coming up at uh, noon, and then Sports or Leisure at 1 o'clock, presented by Johnny's Tavern. 913-912-4810 is the text line to join us today. Let's start with this. We'll get into, By the way, we'll get into the uh, college football playoff, the 12-team playoff over the next two years, the 5-plus-7, which is already set in stone for the next two years. But then... The ADs and, or the conference commissioners, I should say, and the incoming Notre Dame AD, Pete Bavacqua, Pete Bavacqua, um, are meeting and had their meeting yesterday trying to go over what the future of college football will be, whether that is a continual 12-team playoff, 5 plus 7. Seems like the momentum is to go to 14 teams, maybe eventually 16 there was a little bit of discussion about an 18-team playoff in there. Good. That's what we need. Which will eventually go to 64 teams. I'll say it. Course, I think 68 is too many. And then extend to 68 teams. That's where I draw the line. If you, I mean, look, No first four. Did we, we found out that 68 teams is fine in college basketball. Why That's, can't it be fine in college football, too? I can't think of any practical reasons or general choice-based reasons that may benefit the sport to not continue expanding forever. I see. Um, but it 32-team like, playoff in the NFL next year. Let's do it. More playoff <laughs> games for everybody. Finally, the other teams in the AFC West can make the playoffs. <laughs> it's about damn time. Raiders have the recipe to make the playoffs. Antonio Pierce finally has the recipe to make the playoffs. Expand it. I think that's the that's cause the AFC West should pick up on, for sure. That's how you get in. Broncos, we're going to make the playoffs. How? We're going to expand it. We're going to expand the playoffs to 28 teams. 
I like and that. We're gonna I like fight. still having four four losers. Yeah, I mean, you know, and then of those four, there's a lottery to get the first pick. I think that's great. You don't just tank in no. the NFL. No, no, no. We're no. not going to let you tank in the NFL. That's not happening. There's going to be a lottery, but the team that wins the conference championship game but loses the Super Bowl actually gets the number one overall pick. Making it a, a, a kind of a, baseball a meritocracy thing? of you know giving giving more reasons we can talk about the sport more into the off season. It's the tryhards. If yeah. you try hard, you get the better draft pick. You have to incentivize winning and losing, Jason. I don't know what's so complicated about that. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. Um, so the college football playoff we'll get into in just a little bit. But let's start with the Chiefs. Um, the franchise tag window we know has been open for about 48 hours. I don't know that the Chiefs will use the franchise tag. I know they won't use it on Chris Jones. We know that Mike Evans won't be getting the franchise tag in Tampa Bay. That's upwards of $28 million to franchise tag him. I don't think they're going to pay him $28 million and franchise tag him because if they did, then that would be the starting point. Mm-hmm. Same thing we're talking about with Legereus Sneed of his $19 million franchise tag. If you give him the franchise tag, then you've already said, here's the starting point of our negotiations of what you're going to get on an annual average value. It's going to be $19 million. So 57 over three years is what we would have to pay you if we're looking at a three-year contract, annual average value at least. Because nineteen million dollars. Um, the question I would have as we move forward, as we look at this and try to discuss and break down what the Chiefs will be doing, what the best path forward will be. I was thinking about it last night, and I'm going through and just looking at the defensive line and Mike Dana being a guy who's going to be a free agent, and I think will be, I think he'll be given an opportunity to go and sign somewhere else for a couple of years. I don't know that he'll get a couple of year deal in Kansas City. I think if the Chiefs bring him back, they have proven that they are giving bigger contracts to priority free agents or one-year deals to guys whose rookie contracts have expired. I think Mike Dana would be a an incredibly high candidate to bring back to the Chiefs. The Chiefs, I don't believe, are looking at him and saying, well, he's a, a high-level candidate to bring back on a two- or three-year deal. He's a high-level candidate to be a Nick Allegretti or a, uh, a Demarcus Robinson a guy that you bring back on, a Derek Noddy, bring back on a one-year deal after the rookie contract has expired. I don't think Mike Dana is going to get that, um, is is going to only get that somewhere else. I think somebody's going to look at Mike Dana and say, this is a nice piece for our team. We'll give him a couple, three years. Two-year, three-year contract, that's really two years. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that Mike Dana will be back with the team. I don't know that Derek Noddy will be back with the team. The different free agents on this defensive line, Obviously, the big one being Chris Jones, literally and figuratively. And so as I was thinking about it, and what actually sparked the conversation, sparked my mind last night in in thinking about this, I would give you 50 guesses as to a current Chiefs player, active or practice squad, that got me thinking about this topic. Okay, I'm going to start with Cornell Powell. God damn it! No way! Yes! No way! Yes! How could you possibly get that right? News, baby. Exactly. Cornell Cornell Powell's chief for life. (laughs) No Chief for life. If you wouldn't have said and practice squad, I I don't think I would have gotten there, but first guess Cornell Powell. No way! I'm in your head! I'm in your head, Anderson! Get out of there! I don't like it in here. I'm going to start charging you rent, man. Dark in here. Eviction notice. There's nothing in here. What's back there is? Echo, echo. Low, 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 low. Just walking around like John Travolta in Pulp Fiction, just like there's nothing. Just me and Cornell Powell walking around in here like, how'd you get in here? I don't know. 
Uh, are you gonna you gonna see any time with the Chiefs this year? No, you no. <laughs> you got cool, a better man. chance than I do. But Spider Man meme pointing yep. back and hey. forth with, to each other. I can throw him passes in your head. We can just be in there. I can. You can run routes for me. Fine, I'll ask it this way. <laughs> I don't know why that why happened. Why would Cornell Powell spark <laughs> that, that in, in, in my mind? Perhaps because um, his market wasn't necessarily <laughs> worthy of testing, and he's in a good situation for him, despite not being on the active roster this year. No, not at all. Okay, very uh, good. Not at all. Very good. <laughs> Somehow Cornell Powell. <laughs> so great. The biggest contribution Cornell Powell has already made in 2024, uh, right here in this show. Somehow Huge. he sparked in my mind of looking at a... a Playground draft pick? No, looking at the uh, the priorities for the Chiefs and, and how they would um, set their priorities this mm. offseason, or how I would set the priorities if I was Brett Veach in the front office. Number um, one, lock up Cornell Powell. That's exactly right. Why would you not? <laughs> I don't care. Colin Powell. Get every, get every Powell. Um, that you could possibly find, uh, Katina Powell, whatever, whatever Powell you're looking for. Um, she was the uh, ringleader of the Louisville uh, dorm room thingy. That's back in the you've day. got Katina one Powell. more Powell than I had. That's right. Uh, right to the third Powell. There's a game out now called uh, Powell World. Is there? Oh. It's called Powell World. It's that's fine. It was a reach. No, that's fine. It's like Pokemon with guns. I haven't played it. Believe it or not. Interesting. Um, a lot of controversy. More than more than Cornell Powell. Maybe less than Colin Powell. Probably yes. spectrum. Yeah, that, somewhere in the right. middle. Yeah, right. Um, and until the uh, Pokemon get into politics, <laughs> that's right. At that point, yes. <laughs> I mean, we're talking Good about luck. Pokemon's like right to bear arms, I guess. Which Good, feels Good pretty luck. touchy. How many Pokemon have arms, though? Some of them have more than two. See, there you go. Don't, don't tell Machamp you can't have all those arms. I'm going to take your word for it. You should. So Cornell Powell's in the news last night in signing a um, a contract with the Chiefs to return to the practice squad, let's be honest, mm-hmm. uh, this year. So it got me thinking as to how I would prioritize, and, and looking at it from this perspective of how I would prioritize the spots that we're looking at as the biggest needs or the biggest questions this offseason. It would be the three spots. It would be, obviously, wide receiver was a big conversation all year long. And Mike Evans, if he doesn't return to Tampa Bay, bet the... 365 has the Chiefs as the leader in the clubhouse mm. to sign Mike Evans. I wouldn't put money on that. Yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be too rich. Two years, $50 million he may be looking for. I don't think the Chiefs are giving two years, $50 million to a player in his 30s that has had soft tissue injuries. Mm-hmm. I don't think they're going to be in that camp at all. Um, he would do a lot for this offense. I know, I can't. I, he would He would take that oh. three yards of a touchdown pass <laughs> for Patrick. <laughs> Game manager, the stat stuff for Patrick. He's stuffing all his touchdown stats and his Lombardi Trophy stats. Just <laughs> stuffing Lombardi trophies. Stuff the stuffing Lombardi him, trophy. Stuffing him down his pants. You're not that big. That's the Lombardi Trophy down there. Are Is that more... a Lombardi Trophy? Or are you just happy to see me? And which yes. one's more impressive? Yes. Yes. It is. And I'm happy to see you. I don't know why I'm talking like this, but I am. And I'm going to stop now. Game manager. Somehow that's other teams' fan bases that popped into my head is how they were talking I, about. I feel the, like that's. Uh, I sure. think it's fair. Most think people in San Francisco way. sound like that. Yeah, that we were doing San Francisco, Boston. That was I was doing Boston. You were doing San Francisco. We're both out of here. Uh, Get her done. Whatever. Reason. Kyle Shanahan. Pack I don't know. the <laughs> Brady's the goat. Brady's the star. <laughs> I don't know what happened there either. Um, we're off to a hell of a start today. One heck of a start, and it's all because of Cornell Powell. Kyle, good work so far. Kyle, great stuff, man. Really, really well done. Good, been a good energy today. I think yeah. it's having a non-bearded board op. I think has really let us freed us up. And alliterations. <sighs> Love alliteration. Non-bearded board op, buddy. Kyle Collier, non-bearded board op, buddy. How about that? Kyle Collier, cuz. What about He's the... In for- 
Dylan. Adorable Dylan. Ador- adorable Dylan. <laughs> Put the apostrophe first. That's exactly right. So, anyway, let's Cornel get to the Powell. point. Let's get to the point. All right. right. Cornell Powell's just throwing this whole show, throwing a wrench in this entire show. Um, around noon, we'll get to why Cornell Powell I am on the edge of my seat. Um, defensive line, cornerback, wide receiver. Those are the big three, right? So I was thinking, like, okay, they signed Cornell Powell. My God. I mean... I know that he's not being re-signed to come back and be a part of the rotation for the wide receivers. But it's been the same conversation we've been having about who's going to step in at wide receiver, who's going to be the next guy, who's going to be there with Rasheed Rice, who's going to start the season next year, going into training camp, who actually has a job? Rasheed Rice. Who's actually on the team? Rasheed Rice and Sky Moore. And Justin Watson mm-hmm. has a two-year contract. Mm-hmm. MVS maybe. Talked to Adam Teicher, said, you know, I've been counting them as cutting MVS, but... That's only because there's no way I'm paying him $14 million. Right. But with Frank Clark, they approached him, and, and Sammy Watkins, they approached him and said, we're going to cut you. This is what you're costing us against the cap anyway. We'll restructure the contract. We're going to give you this money, or we're cutting you. And you can go find it somewhere else. And Sammy Watkins returned. Frank Clark returned on that one-year deal. I would guess if given the chance MVS would return on that well, one-year deal, $3 million with incentives that can get him up to 6 7 or $8, um, or go out and test the free agent market. You're, you know what? Hey, You've won a couple of Super Bowls, but your tape this year on the free agent market is going to be you dropping passes. That's what's going to be. That's the highlight. They're going to show the touchdown in the Super Bowl. Awesome. I I believe I could have caught that. Mm -hmm. I believe Josh could have caught that. Kyle, not sure. Never seen him play. (laughs) I'm catching that. Okay, great. See, there you go. I'm taking your word for it. Um, Because all eyes were on Kelsey. Mm -hmm. I believe he would be smart to take that deal. And I don't think there's anything wrong with having MVS on the team at three or four million dollars. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything. The only thing wrong with that would be is if the Chiefs look at it and go, "Okay, he's our guy." There we go. Got him. Got him. We got Rasheed Rice. We got MVS back. Hell yeah! Let's roll. All right, Frank the Tank. But Let's if it's him instead of giving a free agent deal to Gabe Davis, yeah, I get it. Then you're giving I get it. nine million dollars a year for Gabe Davis. You're sort of rearranging deck chairs on the Titanic. Yeah. You're not paying MVS eleven million dollars annual average value. Well, now you're paying Gabe Davis that money. Mm-hmm. Okay, whatever. But they still have to go out and address that. Yes. So how I looked at it and said priority number one, it's obvious I came to the conclusion of priority number one being Chris Jones. But priority number two ended up being wide receiver. And priority number three, Legereus Sneed and the cornerback. And the reason is Cornell Powell, which I started looking at replacements and saying, if I'm ranking them by priority, Who's the most likely person that can step in for somebody that's going to leave? Yeah. Chris Jones, there ain't a soul. Literally not a dude on the roster. Wide receiver, we talked about it all year. Somebody has to step in. Yep. Is Joshua Williams ready to step in and play? Joshua Williams is so much closer to stepping in and playing than any other person at the other positions are even in the neighborhood of doing that. Completely agree. That's how Cornell Powell got me to this topic. Thank you, Cornell. <laughs> That's how Cornell Powell. That's great work. Just like, okay, Cornell Powell is, is, a, is a name, but it's like a name in the group of players that are also just named Sky Moore and MVS and Justin Watson and Kadarius Tony and, and Justin Ross and John Ross and any other Ross Geller, any other Rosses out there, the Powells and the Rosses together, whoever. But with the Chiefs, because they've drafted, so they like Nazi Johnson. I have no idea. Yeah. I'm not counting Nazi Johnson. Hey, coming but back from like an him. ACL too is tough. Absolutely. Yeah, sure, they like him. They liked him. Nick Jones, they liked him. Jalen Watson is a serviceable player. But out of that group of players, 
Joshua Williams seems like a guy that it's like, all right, this guy is playing some pretty good football. He's looked like he is a representative cornerback, and if he's your number two cornerback on your team, you could do a whole lot worse. Orlando Scandrick could be your number two cornerback, and we've seen that in this town, okay? So Joshua Williams is your number two cornerback, as opposed to, okay, well, if you prioritize Legereus Sneed and let Chris Jones go, okay, well, Joshua Williams playing the same role. Williams can't go play defensive tackle. Right. So defensive tackle is who? Neil Farrell is like the guy yeah. on the roster. Andre Coburn isn't here. Turk, Turk, and, and Naughty were on one-year deals. They still have to come back again. Do I, you go in? Like if Chris Jones is demanding thirty million, and is, Mat, and Matabuki is is saying I'm going to take the representative Quinn and Williams deal, is that a more sound strategy to go and sign a younger player that's going to be in the mid to the mid twenties? as opposed to Chris Jones in his 30s, a more dominant player. Mm-hmm. But Matabuki's pretty damn good. Mm-hmm. Is that the the better strategy? Either way, to me, priority number one is the defensive line. Yes, For I me, this year. We saw that they won a Super Bowl with the wide receivers that they had. But in large part to the defense and how good it was. Address the defensive line, address the wide receiver, and I feel like you've got a pretty good start to the offseason. And if Legereus Need is a tag and trade or you have to let him walk because it's too expensive, then I will take my chances with Joshua Williams coming in and playing with Chris Jones on the defensive line and a, a wide receiver or two new faces at the wide receiver spot. And, and it does all work together this way. It's kind of how I like cheated the system a little bit for Factor Fiction on Tuesday about like biggest positional need because I, I lumped the whole defensive line together. The receivers, it's a big need and a big concern but Patrick Mahomes is throwing them the football. The cornerback without the cornerback room without Legarius Sneed, there is a void there. I, I got something for you on Joshua Williams too, but there there is a void there. But you know, with the depth and the fact that you have stability at safety, you have Justin Reed and you have hopefully Brian Cook fully healthy by camp. I'd, I'd hope, and hopefully Mike Edwards is back. But you you have good circumstances there. Chris Jones is affecting more than just the defensive tackle depth chart. It's that entire defensive line. The only starting caliber defensive lineman currently on the roster who will be healthy to start in week one is George Karloftis. Mm-hmm. And that's not a shot at anybody. Go look at the list. It's just, it's just empty right now because so much of that group was one-year deals and young guys and developmental guys, processes for Felix or B.J. Thompson. I'm putting a minute who out of that group because I don't think he'll be healthy for week one. Right. So all of that to me, absolutely, I am lockstep with you there. Something funny about Joshua Williams that I forget all the time. I had to double-check to make sure it's true. And this isn't projecting the rest of his career, but from a pedigree perspective, how the Chiefs viewed him at the time perspective, he went three spots earlier than Legereus Sneed. Legereus Sneed went 138 in 2020. Josh Williams went 135 in 2022. Jalen Watson and Nazi Johnson and and some of those other guys, Watson and not God, what a seventh round. Jalen Watson, <laughs> Isaiah Pacheco, Nazi Johnson. Good work there, Vich. But th- those are seventh round picks, right? Like those are those are we're taking flares and guys we like. Joshua Williams, Fayetteville State, and the lankiest dude you're going to see on a football field, perhaps. Hmm. They drafted him because there there are tools there that they really liked. And again, man, that draft class is looking even even crazier, even without Sky Moore being an impact player in any way so far. Because Leo Chanel's had incredible playoffs, and now Joshua Williams, I think, is there's a really good chance he's starting next year. But Jalen Watson, at least for a chunk of their rookie years, he kind of jumped the line a little bit. 
Joshua Williams is the guy with the physical tools who they said, if we can just, if we can keep honing and honing and honing him, now he's got two years with his coaching staff, plus whoever they draft next year. And maybe, again, maybe it is getting Nick Jones more into the rotation and a guy who's going into year two then. There is depth there now. There's quality there now. There's coaching there now. And I trust the scouts to replenish that group. None of the, like, they, I still wish the Chiefs would get rewarded for what they've done with, with Legereus Sneed. If they can't have him as a long-term player, I hope it is a tag and trade that benefits him with a huge deal and the Chiefs with a couple of picks because that, that coaching and developmental process has been so tremendously impressive. He went from a safety kind of hybrid slot mm-hmm. corner guy to being one of the most dominant outside corners in football this year. That's an amazing, amazing process. But we've seen this group do good work with other corners before, and I don't, I don't think there's a way to to patchwork Chris Jones out of the picture. And and mm-hmm. I I still lean towards saying, hey, let figure it out with Chris Jones, and then draft for your future. Go ahead and and maybe it's a second round pick this year on a defensive tackle who's not going to play a ton, or a guy who's going to be able to take a few snaps from Jones when he kicks outside. I am already comfortable with that. If it is an accentuating Chris Jones plan and replacing him in three years, not replacing him in April. But man, th- this offseason is going to give us some really juicy stuff to talk about there because I-, I love those position groups. We all love this defense and there are going to be some changes there this year. We'll take a time out. We'll come back. I want to talk about uh, just looking at that positional group and I want to compare it to when the Chiefs walked on Charvarius Ward and what they were looking at compared to what they're looking at right now and the situation they're in because of the scouts and the drafting and development, um, as opposed to what we've been talking about uh, as well. We'll get into the uh, college football playoff. Uh, we'll talk about whether or not college coaches are leaving the college ranks for the NFL because of what's going on with NIL and transfer portal, et cetera. And we'll also talk about uh, some parking issues with the KC Current. Matt Lane joins us at 11 o'clock. Max Reaper at noon. Sports or Leisure, 1 o'clock. More Zone next. All right, we continue right here on a Thursday edition of The Zone. Jason Anderson with you. Josh Briscoe, Kyle Cole, you're heading up until 2 o'clock. Matt Lane at 11 o'clock. Max Reaper at noon. Sports or leisure at 1 o'clock. Text comes in, 913-912-4810. Says, uh, Shamari Connor was drafted to replace Sneed. I think to a degree, maybe just in the different ways that Sneed can play on the inside, the outside. But if you're talking about specifically replacing what Legereus Sneed does... Yeah. That would be Joshua Williams stepping into that outside cornerback spot unless you move Trip McDuffie to the outside and then say, we're sliding Shamari Connor down into the slot to be somebody that comes and helps out against the run, can blitz the quarterback, and Joshua Williams plays on the other side. So Williams and McDuffie are your outside cornerbacks, and Shamari Connor steps in as opposed to McDuffie as the slot and then Sneed and Williams as your outside cornerbacks. There are some questions there, certainly if Sneed walks, if they let him go or if they tag and trade him. But I want to go back to when they let Charvarius Ward walk. Mm-hmm. And we were talking about, okay, Sneed seems like he's ready to step in and be that guy. Okay. This was before they drafted McDuffie and Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and Nazi Johnson and threw four, uh, the, drafted four different guys at that position. So this was that offseason. The guys who they had to choose from that were on the roster the year before that you could say, all right, Charverius Ward is walking, so here's who you're looking at. Mm-hmm. Legereus Sneed, Rashad Fenton, Chris LeMans, Mike Hughes, DiCaprio Boodle, and DeAndre Baker. 
Those were the cornerbacks. They let Charvarius Ward walk, and those were the cornerbacks they were there to choose from, and they didn't think McDuffie was going to be there. McDuffie, so they were going to go into the, that regular season yeah. with that group to choose from, and then McDuffie fell in their lap, and it's like, oh, hey, how about this? <laughs> you got Fenton, you got um, uh, Legarius Sneed, hey, and now you got Trip McDuffie to step in. That's awesome. They end up trading Rashad Fenton. Traded Fenton for very little later that year. Because right? they felt pretty good about what they were getting in Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson. It's like, okay, wow, you can uh, trade Rashad Fenton for you know a, a brand new uh, football pump, mm-hmm. you know? A conditional 2023 seventh-round pick. I mean, you Is know. it conditionalized to a football pump? I'm not sure if it conditionalized to anything. Conditionalized to cash considerate, future considerate. It conditionalized to in the future, will you answer the phone when we call you about a trade? Did it conditionalize to Nick Jones? I'm on it. I don't know. But now the the, at least the group being Williams, well, uh, Sneed was in that group, so we throw in McDuffie. McDuffie, Williams, Watson, if Shamari Connor is going to be a guy that plays cornerback, plays the slot, plays some safety, plays some different roles there, sort of like what Snead was doing before. It's like, all right, Snead now has to be the main guy. you got to have five DBs you're happy to put on the field. Right. Interestingly, Absolutely. the Chiefs were running more three safety stuff than three corner stuff late this year, which did mean more true. Shamari Connor, which I do not true. think I do not think there is a Connor-Snead one-to-one swap necessarily. Agreed. But in terms of the personnel flexibility... The Chiefs are doing weird yeah. stuff to answer these questions, which is really exciting. And they have more answers this go-around yes, than they did a couple yes. of years when Shaverius Ward was cheaper. Yep. Shaverius Ward signed for what is a cheaper contract than Legereus Need will, fi- will sign for. And they let Shaverius Ward walk. Yep. I do believe that a priority for the Chiefs is Chris Jones. And I do believe that a priority for the Chiefs is Legereus Need. I just believe their priority is much higher in Chris Jones and... I also believe Legereus Need is going to want the bag, and I think he's deserving of that. And I think if the Chiefs are really going to get into a long-term discussion with Legereus Need, it may start with the franchise tag. Mm-hmm. And if it starts with the franchise tag, now you are paying him top money to play the cornerback position. When they haven't, whether that's circumstantial or not, right. I think they can do that. We talked about some of the numbers yesterday as to how I think they can get away with Chris Jones and Legereus Need both being signed, and then... Two years later, you sign Legereus Need to a three-year contract this offseason, which is a two-year deal. You walk on year three, and the money you were paying Sneed, you transfer that over to McDuffie, if that's the route you want to take. And I think we both think that Sneed would be a corner they would be willing to buck the trend on of not paying a guy. Because he's 27 years old. They they did never spend significant draft capital on a corner until they did. They haven't paid a corner until eventually they will. If it's not mm-hmm. him, I think it will be McDuffie at some point. So, But the options are better this yes. go-around. If there was ever a time where you would say, well, we're going to walk on this cornerback and not pay that money when we've got issues elsewhere, it would be this one. Because going into that offseason, when Charverius, I'd have to go back and look, did Charverius Ward sign before Tyreek Hill was traded? Like Charverius Ward went to the 49ers before they, so they went into that offseason looking at it and going, well, we've already got answers at wide receiver. Like, we don't need to address wide receiver. And we can still let the, the cornerback walk. I've Googled Traverius Ward signs 49ers, and Google has told me Taurus. That's his Zodiac sign. Well, that's good. Somebody's been looking up Zodiac signs. March lately. 14th was the uh, the Ward deal, and I Tyree think... Hill was like the 20th or something, yeah, right? Yeah, I think it was somewhere in there. I'm not going to search for his uh, Zodiac sign. March 23rd <laughs> is the ESPN story there. So, so yeah, about a week later. before. Yeah. 
So they went in and let Charvarius Ward walk when they already had answers at wide receiver. And now they're going to spend a lot of money on Legereus Sneed when they have huge questions at wide receiver and mm-hmm. better answers at the cornerback position than they did that particular offseason. Mm-hmm. If we're looking at what they've done in the past to help us sort of figure out what this offseason is going to be, I don't know how much they're going to spend on Chris Jones. I don't know if Chris Jones is going to demand Aaron Donald money. I want to return. I'll be back next year, next year, next year, next year, next year. But the Chiefs have already offered him their best offer. If they were willing to go up, they would have done it last year. They're not willing to go up anymore. And it's probably less this go-around. So if Chris Jones is serious about returning, then he will meet the Chiefs at their number. And if he meets the Chiefs at their number, and they go and address the wide receiver spot, and they slide Joshua Williams into that role, I think they become as good or a better team than Chris Jones and Legereus need, and just trying to piece together a wide receiver here or there with Rasheed Rice and Joshua Williams plays the same role. They are much better off, in my opinion, sliding Joshua Williams into that role and finding an actual wide receiver, but making sure that defensive line is at least taken care of with the big man in the middle that does so much for that. It's sort of like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Who helped who? Was Kelsey the bit? Was Kelsey the straw that stirred the drink, or was it Tyreek Hill? Is Chris Jones or Legereus Need? I don't think there's any doubt about this. It's Chris Jones. Like, Legere Sneed helps with the second effort Karloftis and the second effort in, in a, a Mike Dana and things like that if they're guarding for a long time. But it's not just Sneed. It's McDuffie and the other safeties out there and things like that. He helps those guys. Chris Jones helps everybody. Even as a longtime Chris Jones evangelist, I would say it would even be different if Amenahu was healthy, if Tershawn Wharton just had a career year, was on a longer term deal, if they had, if Neil Farrell had a, had a breakout year and you saw the vision for him. Like, basically what I'm saying is if the defensive line looked more like the cornerback room, then, then the conversation does shift a little bit. I still think, I think in, in a vacuum, in just about any situation you want to put it in, Chris Jones is like one of the five most valuable defensive players in football. And, and I'm, I said top five just very casually because I didn't want to have to figure out if he's one, two, three, four, or five. <laughs> but he's one of the five most impactful defenders in football. And I, look, I don't, I don't know what he's going to look like in four years. I don't think the deal the Chiefs have to sign him to will be a, a deal that locks in guaranteed money for four years. The wrinkle this year, as opposed to the what basically devolved into hostage negotiations last year. Um, I'm not going to say who was holding Chris Jones hostage, but it wasn't the Chiefs. Um, and two people were sitting next to him in the in the skybox that day. But I do wonder if this year, if the Chiefs approaches, hey, you know what? We did a lot of the effing legwork last mm-hmm. year. Why don't you do it this year? You go ahead and you go talk to whoever you want to talk to and you bring us the contract that they're willing to offer you today and then we'll see where we're at. Because no one's going to give him 90 over 3. It's not going to happen. The, the 30 million AAV I, I don't think is going I don't think it's coming from anywhere in the NFL at this point. And if he wants 30 and no one's going to give him 30, but the the Lions would give him 28 and the Chiefs would give him 26, then make Chris Jones make that decision. And then if you're the Chiefs and he says, I'm not coming back for 26, I'll come back for 27, then I would say, all right, it's time for the Chiefs to blink there too. But And those numbers aren't like super concrete for me at this point. We'll see where it goes. The, the process there, though, can be different this season as opposed to last year just being pulling teeth. This year, 
Chris Jones has no excuse to not go learn his own market. The the Cats brothers have no excuse to not get every offer they can find. And then the Chiefs can can say, all right, let's let's go ahead and, and speak in reality here. Because they wanted a deal that 31 other teams also weren't going to give them last offseason. I wouldn't hate if the Chiefs let Chris Jones walk and sign Matabuke. I wouldn't hate it. He's not the same player of Chris Jones. Chris Jones is, I mean, here's the thing. Our offense is looking at the Ravens' defense and going, our entire offense revolves around where is Matabuke, as opposed to the Chiefs, where's 95? Right. Matabuke had more sacks this year, had 26 more tackles. He is a high-energy guy against the run. He's a high-energy guy in chasing down backside runs, which is where he got a lot of his tackles. He had one fewer tackle for loss than uh, Chris Jones did this year. He's got more um, you know, uh, pass-rushing moves than he's had in the past. But the question would be, you know, we went from five and a half sacks to 13. This is a career year, mm-hmm. and he's going to cash in on a career year, and you're exchanging somebody who you know has played at a high level, Chris Jones, for a long time for someone who had a career year. But you're also talking about a 30-year-old in Chris Jones and a 26-year-old in Matabuke. Exactly. So You have to bet on the trajectory. Yes. That's what you're doing either You've way. You've got four years of a younger player, and you're looking at, probably $20 million less in guaranteed money over a four-year deal. You're looking at Matabuki that probably signs for you know, mid-low 20s, 23 $24 million per year, where Chris Jones might be looking for 30 Chris Jones even, might be looking for $80 million guaranteed, and Matabuki might be looking for $60 million guaranteed. Well, it, it, what's the year? I mean, Matabuki yeah. is going to be looking for a longer deal as well, I would yeah. imagine. Chris, Chris Jones is going to want whatever he can get, but that's going to be limited a little bit. Matabuki mm-hmm. can say, I, I want guaranteed money over a long period of time. I I would I would still rather take the short term more expensive investment of Chris Jones and and then have that succession plan mm-hmm. immediately there to follow. I, yep, me too. I, I wouldn't I if if the choice was Matabuki Sneed and a wide receiver or Chris yeah, Jones and sure. a wide receiver. I may be more in, inclined to say Matabuki and Sneed. It's but at if, least a real conversation. Yes, uh, because again, you're talking about over four years. Upwards of what could be twenty million dollars guaranteed if Chris Jones is looking for a four-year contract. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's looking for a couple-year of deal, I mean, the Chiefs were offering him a two-year extension, right. so that would have been three years for Chris Jones under contract. So, was he looking for a two-year deal, or is he looking for another three-year deal? Right? Could, it, could this? I this is. The, I would give Chris Jones three this year, and know too. that that third year is probably a little bit Absolutely. funny. That that to me would be a great solution to this. Hundred uh, percent. I would. I would totally be in favor of that. And if they went and said a twenty-six-year-old will give a four-year deal, yeah, with it being a real three-year deal, then I'd be uh, I'd be okay with that. But there's no questioning the more dominant player is Chris Jones. The more dominant player is number ninety-five for the Chiefs. I'd rather if if we're looking at all things being equal and money is not an option, yeah, give me number ninety five on the field instead of Matabuke. It's so hard to get the dominant players. There yes. are a lot of really good players in the NFL. Getting the dominant game taker overer in, in fourth <laughs> quarters of playoff games is such a hard thing to find and to keep on your team. And I I understand the age. I understand the numbers. I really do. It's why it's why you can probably hear the conflict in my voice. Mm-hmm. But I don't want Chris Jones to not be on this defense next year because I want him to three-peat, and I think the best chance of them three-peating with Chris Jones in the middle of the defensive line. Chris Jones, a wide receiver, and Wanya Morris at left tackle. Mm. Matabuki, a wide receiver, Tyron Smith at left tackle. 
<laughs> now we're cooking. Yeah, now you're like, okay, what do you do? <laughs> right? I mean, so they they let George Karloff just be an answer as a rookie. Yeah, yeah, they they did, of, they they this depends about the guys. They let they let Karloff just be a, yep. an answer as a rookie. They did not let Felix be an answer as a rookie. True. There are levels to it. Yep. But man, if you can get Wanya Morris to be your value on the offensive line and a pretty expensive offensive line at left guard and right tackle right now, and then guard and center, guard and uh, uh, center eventually. I want that to work. I want the I want the rookie contract guys to take these jobs, so then Chris Jones can keep his. Yeah, we'll take a timeout. We'll come back more so next. I will continue right here on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Jason Anderson with you, Josh Briscoe, Dylan Mike. Excuse me. No, it's not. It's Whoa. Got That's just, you know. It's just the rhythms. Just the rhythm. It's the rhythm. rhythm Allie, you made us so comfortable. Let me clear my throat. <laughs> it's like Dylan's still here. It's an honor. Yeah, there you go. See, Dylan, did, it's like Dylan never left. Kyle Collier hanging out with us for the next three hours or so. Just a much shorter version of it. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Uh, 913-912-4810. Texas says, uh, what position do you think they'll draft in the first round? Offensive line. If I'm do really. Really? Yeah, I think they'll I go defensive to, line right now. I think, that, well, if Chris Jones is back, then maybe they go uh, defensive line. But I think they may look at uh, Tooney's expensive. Mm-hmm. They have uh, Wanya Morris might be a swing tackle, but is he a left tackle? Um, wide receiver seems to be a lot of them there. I think I think they can go a number of different. Here's the good thing. You know, they got a lot of places they can go. Yeah, 31 and, uh, picks grab in front of them. I mean, there's going to be 31 guys gone. Unless they move up. So, I mean, you could you could address the offensive line. Where does it go? You could address defense. You can go quarterback if you need to. Shanahan can win the big yeah, game. We'll see. With Jerry Sneed, you can go wide character. receiver. Certainly, you need wide receiver there. Uh, running back. You know, you can certainly use running back. That's their right. I mean, they, they have My no heart. problem drafting running backs. That's not funny anymore. Sorry. I don't want to play that game anymore. Even if they keep Chris Jones, like I don't, they don't have a, a one-tech on the roster. They don't, they don't have a Chris Jones... Understudy, and they cover your ears, K State fans. I don't. This isn't. I don't mean to be rude. They don't have a second starting defensive end right now. Whoa! Sorry. It's just. Did you not see the tackle for loss in the uh, Super Bowl? They did. That was did pretty you see dominant. Six other snaps. No. Yeah, it makes sense. There were seven total. Yeah. Why are you focusing on the other ones? It's just. I'm talking about the one against. Uh, what was it? Trent Williams that he went up against. We think. Yeah. Uh, I care. In my mind, uh, Trent Williams came and pulled, and he tossed him aside. He just he put Trent Williams on his back. That's gonna be so that's gonna that. be the narrative of this. We can we can get that, that that off the ground. I think. Yeah. Felix sunned Trent Williams. He did. So and did the Niners Pinnell. were so afraid of him that. So did Pinnell, who by the way they should bring back. Mike Pinnell. Explain that one to me. They should bring him back, but not until December. Yeah. Ab- just no, that's absolutely right. Pay him to sit no. at home. Look, Mike. We'll bring you back. And in late November is when. You're going to go out there and you're going to dominate, but it's going to save your body. You know, uh, you're still going to get paid. Don't show up the training camp. You're welcome. We'll you're sign good. you day one of the regular season straight to IR. IR old, <laughs> and then we'll just we'll see you in December. Unlike Kadarius Tony, IR crap. <laughs> By the way, here's a fun fact: yeah. more dead money to cut Kadarius Tony than MVS this off season. Uh, no cap relief. Sorry to ruin your mood. No, that's fine. Matt Lane next. He'll cheer us up.